Welcome to the Work Hard, Play Hard podcast. My name is Rob Murgatroyd, and I am a former doctor turned lifestyle entrepreneur. Each week, I interview some of the best minds on the planet on the science of achievement and the art of fulfillment. Today's episode is a mini-sode that we call Fried Dates with the Wife. In these mini-sodes, my wife Kim and I deconstruct the strategies that we've developed over the last decade to not only grow personally, but to turn our struggles into lessons and create fulfillment in all areas of our lives. Excuses are over. It's time to live. Let's dig into today's topic. Well, Kimberly Anne Marie Murgatroyd. Anne Marie. Anne Marie. We're gonna spi- we're gonna spice up your middle name okay. just just a little <laughs> just bit. Just try to make me Italian. How are you, the love of my life? I am very good, honey. Hey, you know what we're gonna talk about. What are we talking about? We are gonna talk about one of the questions that we get constantly, which is, tell me how I travel with my toddler. So we're gonna talk about three things. You know what they are? I know you're going to tell me. I am going to tell you. (laughs) The first thing we're going to talk about is our strategy with booking the right flights and what to do for pressure issues. And is that baby pressure issues or is that air pressure issues? All around, all around pressure. (laughs) And number two, we're going to talk about exactly what to bring and exactly what not to bring to make it a smooth flight. Again, double entendre. See? And number three, how to handle toddler jet lag and the first few days. You know, I got to tell you, I remember walking onto the plane the first time with the baby and everybody gives this look. <laughs> like, got, please don't sit next to me. You got this toddler that you're carrying. No, she was your, three months old. Okay. You got this three month older that you got in your arms and she's just looking all around and making all kinds of noises. And you could see the disdain, <laughs> the contempt. You know, the best thing about flying Southwest is that when you have a baby, if you get on that plane by yourself, like every time I flew with her when she was like an infant, I'd get on by myself and no one would sit next to me. It was like I was the black plague. You end up with your own row to yourself. So it's awesome. But we've learned so much over the last three years of travel. And I will tell you, we probably have one of the better um, traveling kids, knock on wood, because we're about to get on a really long flight in a couple of days. Um, so let's hope that sticks. Um, before, before we get into the strategy, my, the question I have for you is, do you think that we have one of the better kids, which we do? A lot of people think their kids are amazing. And we do think our kid is amazing. But people, there's not a flight. Honestly, this is going to be very, um, oh, I don't know, self-serving here. But there, I don't think that there has been a flight, domestic or international, where someone has not walked over to us. And people don't talk to people on planes, for the most part anymore, um, and said, hey, look, I just got to tell you, your kid's really incredible. So here's my question. My question is, do you think that we just got lucky? No, we designed it. We, we, did, we built her that way. <laughs> we, we built her that way. All right. So let's talk about the three points. The first one is our booking strategy and flying tips. So tell me about that. Okay. So whenever um, we book a flight, when especially when she was little. So a lot of this is going to be a little bit different when you have an infant versus a toddler. So when I had Sophia as an infant flying, um, I would say up until about two years old, I would try to book flights that were either earlier in the morning, late at night, sometime when I knew she'd be taking a nap in general. Like, you know, your kid's schedule, they nap at the same kind of time, give or take. And 
feeding time, that kind of thing. So I would always try to book it around that. I didn't book flights when I knew she was going to be at her like peak, you know, excitement time. So overnight flights, if you're traveling to Europe or abroad anywhere, overnight flights are always the way to go because they can sleep. And even when I flew to like New Hampshire and stuff like that, I really tried to choose early morning flights and kind of wake her up, pull her out of the bed. And so she'd be a little extra sleepy on the plane or later night flights. I mean, sometimes I would take like an 8 p.m. flight and she'd be sleeping in my arms getting on the plane. So it was perfect. And pretty much every flight we took, with the exception of one or two, I think she slept the entire flight when she was really little. Now, when they're toddlers, it's a little different because they may or may not nap. So again, I just try to go with those earlier morning flights or the later flights. That way I know they're going to be a little less you know, rambunctious running around as best as possible. Um, so that's the first thing. The second thing is to make sure you're packing really light. You know, kids come with a lot of shit. <laughs> Let's be honest. And Rob and I have still managed to each bring a carry-on size suitcase even if we travel for a month in Greece or whatever. Because that carry-on travel size, even though we now actually do check that bag, we used to only carry on. It's easier to check now with um, the little one. But we still only bring that stuff. Because if you have 700 bags and then you have a sleepy kid and your stroller's packed up, it's a it's a real pain in the butt to, to deal with extra luggage and you know, whiny, sleepy kids. So just a, uh, a getting into granular detail on the actual bags, we've recently come into possession of a Tumi bag that has this little secret pocket at the very bottom of it. And it's kind of like a, a mommy bag. Mm. Are, are you, you mean my carry-on bag? Your carry-on bag. Yeah. yeah. Are you, are, are you, because you're the one that deals with <laughs> you just do. You're the one that deals with all of this. Is there something that you can recommend to somebody who has a toddler or baby, whatever, that the the actual bag itself is laid out in such a way that you can get access to what you need, both for yourself going through passport, as well as toys, diapers, whatever. Is there anything, any tips in that area? Yeah. I always used a large tote bag or my Tumi carry-on that has a zipper pocket on top, a bunch of little compartments. And then it has a zipper along the bottom, like a little secret flap, like he just said. And that's a great place to store extra clothes and stuff that you're not necessarily going to use on the flight. You hope, (laughs) you pray, but you might. So it's good to have it. And also with little ones, like in the actual... I'm going to talk in a little bit. And one of our bullets is actually about what to bring. But this one is all about flying strategies and stuff. So I'm going to stick with this. So with the bigger... um, With the little ones, when you get on a flight, How do you get your kid to sleep? Well, a little one typically sleeps after they eat. So if you are nursing or bottle feeding, plan to feed them as you're getting on the plane, whether they're on your lap or you're bringing their car seat, whatever works for you. Feed them as you're getting on the plane, as the plane is taking off, that will help with the pressure in their ears. And um, then they'll go to sleep, you know, for the flight, hopefully. So with any luck. And if you can feed them again on the descent, because that's another time the ears start to pop. And that's when all the kids on the plane start crying. But if you can feed them something or 
have them take a drink if they're older, maybe give them like a little low sugar lollipop or some water or if they have a pacifier, that's the time you want their mouth moving so it can um, unplug their ears. My other big tip is to change your diaper or have your older toddler go potty before they get on the plane or if you're boarding early as soon as they get on the plane because there's nothing worse than taking off and having your kids say, I got to go potty because you know that's DEFCON 5 right there. You can, if you have a rambunctious toddler that needs to get some extra energy out, you can have one, if you're flying with your spouse, you can have one of you stay with them in the airport and kind of, you know, run them around a little bit. Some airports have play areas for kids with toys and all that stuff and let the other one get on the plane, grab that overhead bin space in your seats. And then you come on kind of like, you know, as my friend Chris Strausser says, like Bo Duke at the very end and uh, get settled. If you're traveling internationally, order a kid's meal. A lot of people don't realize that that is an option on many flights. That way your kid isn't getting, you know, a steak if they're, you know, two and don't eat that. So they do have kid option meals. I would suggest though that you feed them before you get on the plane because you never know plain food is not always awesome. And I say book your kid a window seat so they can watch the plane take off and land. Sometimes that is really good entertainment, at least for, you know, the 15 minutes going up and down. And you can play I Spy and all kinds of little fun games if you do have a window. Slight left turn here, but I but what comes to mind when I think about diapers and I think about pooping is uh, recently we were asked to give a talk. Um, <laughs> and uh, this is completely unrelated, but it's sort of related. And uh, so we're five minutes to uh, getting on to, maybe to ten, getting on a maybe stage. Maybe ten minutes to uh, <laughs> hey Rob Kim, just want to let you know ten minutes uh, you're going to be on stage. Okay, great. Um, I got to go potty. I got to go potty. I got to go potty. Sophia says, "Grab Sophie." Kim looks at me. She goes, "Take her." Grabs. Uh, now I got the white shirt, black black pants, and and she's uh, potty trained, and so she's it's potty not like trained. it's a diaper, right? So I'm running to the bathroom now. Mind you, it is Comic Con uh, where we are, so there's super <laughs> in the conventions. There's superheroes everywhere. And no, we were not speaking at Comic Con though. No, it was just in the conference room, and uh, so I go into the bathroom. I put the kid on the uh, the potty. You got to go potty. Pee pee. I got just got to go pee pee. She goes pee pee. You done? Yeah, I'm done. I pick her up to to wipe her uh, business, and all of a sudden the diarrhea explodes. And and it goes all down everywhere. It goes on my shoes, my shirt, my my whole thing. So now here I am, topless in the bathroom. The baby is bottomless, and I have Superman and Spider Man next to me, <laughs> looking at me like I'm a freaking freak show. And the baby's running around while I'm trying to hold her with the poop dripping down her legs. I come back in. Kim looks at me like, "What the hell just happened? I left you 60 seconds ago. You're covered in it. You're you have a wet T-shirt contest going on right now. Kids crying, and they're like three, two, one. And ladies and gentlemen, welcome Rob and Kim. That is a true story. And by the way, this is going to move into our second topic, which is what you actually want to bring and what not to bring. So here, here is a, a good segue for that. Thanks, Rob. You want to make sure you bring at least two changes of clothes for your baby. No shit. <laughs> and a change of clothes for yourself as well. I was actually on an international flight with Sophia. She was potty trained, but we did use pull-ups on the flights still. So she was most of the time potty trained, but sleeping with pull-ups. And we had not put the pull-up on yet. She was sitting on my lap watching a movie and all of a sudden... I mean, this is in the first hour of a 10-hour flight, peed all over me. 
and I did not have an extra change of clothes. So I learned that lesson really quick. Bring two changes of clothes for the baby, diapers, wipes, all that stuff. You'll bring that anyway, but bring an extra change of clothes for mom and dad. The other thing I learned the hard way is that my kid is disgusting and she will lick everything. So when she's standing in the seat, she will lick the back of the seat as gross as that is. I don't know why they do this. But I would now suggest that you bring little disinfective wipes and just give that seat a little wipe down. I don't think they ever get that. Give the seat, the handles, anything they're going to have a contact with. I mean, I'm not a germaphobe, but when I see my kid lick the headrest, I freak out just a, a, a lot, actually. Bring snacks. Now, here's the thing about snacks. Most parents know bring snacks. But when I look over and I see a parent giving a kid candy on an eight-hour flight, I kind of want to throat punch them a little bit because that's going to... It's like, here's a bunch of sugar. Here's Halloween to keep you quiet and sit still. Like that's not going to work out. So let's... Oh, it keeps them quiet for for the time that they're they're chowing down the Snickers bar. Yeah. And then we're all going to die. Yeah, we're all going to die. So if you want to protect yourself and uh, the well-being of your fellow passengers... Go ahead and bring non-sugary food for your kid to snack on. Um, you can do it like I'll do dried apples and stuff like that, but it's just leave the sugar and the juice and that kind of like instant high at home. Uh, random, random exception to the no sugar rule. I don't know if you've done this or you told me about this or somebody else did it, but make cookies for your fellow passengers around you and hand, and hand them out to people. Um, if you know that, you know, you're going to have a baby, that's brand... <laughs> not if you that's know you're going to have a baby. You, you, pre- <laughs> you pretty much know you do have one with you. I mean, if you know your child is maybe potentially not going to be great and you want to be a little bit gracious, uh, make some cookies, uh, put them in a little bag with a note. It's my first flight or something like that. I thought that was a cute little yeah, story. Yeah, we've actually had someone um, do that. I never did that. Apparently, I'm not that nice. But I just really try to make sure my kid is not that, you know, crazy kid on the plane. And by the way, if they are, so what? It's all going to work out. And they feel your energy, by the way. So if you're jacked up, if you're the person that goes to the airport and you're crazy and you're yelling at the person giving you a ticket and you're, you know, insulting the TSA agent under your breath and you're all this negative, horrible travel energy, then your kid imprints and feels that and will be an a-hole. So that don't do it. such a good point. And I'll tell you, and I'm guilty of this and I have to get better at this. You have to manage your own state. And I think we're we're all so busy when we're getting ready to the airport, when we're getting ready for the airport. There's so many things going on. There's, you know, we got to check the bags, we got to, et cetera. So our stress levels are higher to begin with. And then when you have a kid that's going, mommy, 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 it gets higher. You have to channel, I think, your inner zen and make one of your outcomes. My outcome is going to be to enjoy the process of traveling with my child. Set that as your outcome so that that's the frame or the lens in which you look through the day. And you know, by the way, here's another little tip and it's not what to bring, but I mean, bring your positive mental attitude, I guess. Because one thing that I love about um, having a kid really, and but especially traveling is it's such a great teaching moment in so many areas of their life. So we taught Sophia very young. When she walks on a plane, she greets the the flight attendants. Whoever's greeting her, she says hello back. She says hello to anyone that, you know, waves at her. She's not, you know, um, 
she's meant, uh, we're trying to teach her to be polite to everybody. And so what we now have is a kid that basically walks up the aisle and says hello to every single person yeah, on the flight. She's the pilot. Yeah, she's, thank, thanks for coming. Listen, she has been in in, in the pilot cockpit uh, many times. But you know, as a random note, this is completely unrelated and a, a side thing, but I, I meant that we didn't talk about this. I, I don't I don't know if you were on the flight with me or, or this was separate. The pilot, there was a pilot that was deadheading on the flight um, going to, I think it was LA. He did food service. Oh, that's interesting. Never saw anything oh, like that. Total he, random aside. Totally, but, okay. it, but it just made me think of it. I'm sorry. Okay. I, I did just squirrel. Oh, oh, my, oh my gosh. So I do think it's a great teaching moment. Little things like, you know, in Atlanta, we have a massive airport and you have to take this train to go from station to station, you know, terminal to terminal. Which is called Tayo. And which, well, that's my point. So instead of making it like, oh my God, we got to get on a train, we got to rush and, you know, and it's like this crazy thing. Um, there's a TV show for little ones called Tayo, T A Y O. Tai Tayo, Tai Tayo. He's a friendly little bus. Okay, so there you go. We will say to her, okay, we're going to get on Tayo now. And we made it fun for her. Like she really thinks she's on Tayo. And it's so exciting for her. And now she knows, mommy, do we have to get on Tayo? So little things that you can do, play I spy with them in the airport, make it fun, get there a little extra early. So you're not crazy and you're not rushed. Go, by the way, if you need to um, get the TSA or clear, that thing will zoom you to the front of the line. If you get TSA pre and clear, you're golden going through any um, security. So for, the, for those of you that say, I have clear, where the hell is it? The company went bankrupt and somebody else bought them. And um, your membership is still in the system. So if you see it, um, you, all I had to do was just put my fingerprint in and it was all taken care of. And there's no extra fees. They gave you one for a year. Yeah. Little power travel tip. Okay. Yeah. What to bring and what not to bring. Um, like I said before, we got on a little a little tangent there, but hydrate your kid on the plane, okay? Make sure they're drinking water, not fruit juice. I actually bring a little electrolyte replacement that's like lemon lime favored and or grape or something. And it's like a healthier, non-crappy version of Gatorade. And I give that to her because the plane is very dehydrating, especially if you're going a long time. So I also bring healthier versions of snacks like protein chips or, you know, different things that she can snack on. That's not that crap that comes down the aisle half the time. If you're taking an overnight flight, bring toiletries for your kid to brush their teeth and all of that stuff. So their normal routine stays the same. I find when you stay in that normal routine, we're putting on your pajamas, we're brushing your teeth, here's your teddy bear. And then what comes next? They read a book and they go to sleep. Like keep them in their routine. It doesn't take a lot. And then of course, iPad or any other devices, coloring books, reusable stickers are a bonus because they can peel them off and use them again. And I also always have this little baggie. I call it the five alarm fire baggie. And that's when shit hits the fan or we're doing like double flights. And I always try to book flights internationally with the least number of stops because that's never fun. Even if I'm paying a little bit, listen, I'm either going to pay in a cranky, tired kid, or I'm going to pay a little extra and have less stops. I'd rather do that. But if you do have some stops and they're getting a little cranky, having a little side bag, that's like your, your oh shit bag, I always put a like lollipops that have xylitol in it, you know, so it's good, good for their teeth and it's not sugar. Those are good brand new tiny toys they've never seen before. Like I go to that three, one and three dollar aisle at Target and I 
grab random stuff that the kid's never seen. And that always changes their state. New coloring book, new stickers, and you know anything new, shiny and new. Like just that's your shit's hitting the fan, pull it out. Look, daddy has a new toy. And it most of the time works. Now, what not to bring? We already said sugary foods. Don't bring toys that make noise. There's nothing worse than being on a flight listening to your kid's toy sing Frozen, like the the Moana Never microphone. Never buy a toy that makes <laughs> well, noise. Well, that's not going to happen. But like a Moana microphone or something like that, that sings like your kid can't control themselves to not press the button. So don't bring those toys on the plane. Don't bring an iPad without headphones because that's freaking annoying. And it's annoying to everybody around you. That to me goes for dinners and anything else too. So they make little kid headphones that have volume controls on it. Bring headphones, your kid will be able to hear it and no one else and will be happy. Crayons versus markers, please, you know, be courteous to the flight staff and the area that you're in. Like, don't let your kid just turn this into their, you know, their nasty pit. Yeah, two, I would say two other things that I would add there. One is um, I have an app shocker called Checklist, and basically what it will do is it'll allow you to create a checklist for. Oh, you make checklists. Lots of lots of different things, and uh, there's nothing worse than getting on the plane. And guess what? I don't have headphones for the kid. Oh, better one. I'll do you one better. You get on the plane, you don't have headphones, or you're gonna use let them use your phone, and you don't have that little freaking dongle thing that we always. Or the battery see. is dead, or, yeah. or you don't have the extra set of clothes. There's, there's you can hear how many different items we gave you, put them all onto a checklist. And the last thing I wanted to ask you before we get to the final bullet, Kim, and that is for people that are taking overnight flights, there's, there's an interesting thing that we just discovered uh, recently. And that is that... Delta One? Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, flying Delta One makes a big difference if you can. Uh, that sounded a little bougie. But uh, did, if, you, but if you have miles, use the miles use and, the miles. and get in there. <laughs> Is to, is to block the kid. So when you go to sleep at night and it's an overnight flight, if the kid has an aisle seat and you're snoring, that kid could just get up and just walk down the freaking aisle. Okay, so that happened. True story. We were on... This is when Sophia first learned how to walk, but was under the age of two. So she was still on my lap and we were in, in Delta One. So we we're in the front and I had a fully laid down bed. Now, when you're up in Delta One, they just keep refilling your glass. Half the time you're watching a movie or I'm playing with Sophia. I don't even see them. They're like ninja refilling wine. How and many glasses of wine would you say that you have on an over... when you, uh, That you have on a flight in Delta One to Europe? And if you really were to add it up... I Well, now I really try to pay attention to that. But I, I don't know. Two bottles. Two bottles. Um, but when they just come by and fill your glass like a secret ninja. So on this particular flight, I apparently was overserved and overserved in a plane happens way faster. And my kid was sleeping on me. And, you know, I jokingly had said to the flight attendant, she's just learning how to walk. So if you see her walking down the aisle, well, sure as shit, my child got up in the middle of the night and just started walking away. Hey, how you <laughs> doing? Thanks for, <laughs> thanks for flying Sophia Airlines. Yeah, just walked down. And I and I think the flight attendant caught her and brought her back to you because I think I was passed out. Yeah, I like... I, <laughs> that the, is not the, my The flight attendant moment. comes over. I'm like, uh, Kim? <laughs> well, by the way, I love how he says Kim because I've had the baby for the last nine hours on the flight. Let's move on to the last bullet, which is how to handle toddler jet lag and the first few days getting over it. 
Okay. So when you arrive, this is for toddlers or adults. When you arrive at whatever your destination is, get on the local time. So if it's 8am, guess what? It's morning. Have breakfast. If it's 9pm, go to sleep. You know, Get on their time clock, whatever that is. Don't just go. If it's 8am, do not go to your hotel and crash for 8 hours. You will be messed up for the rest of your trip. But do allow your little one to nap. Chances are they nap anyway, but for a reasonable amount of time. So if they're taking like this seven hour nap, that's not a nap, that's overnight. So try to wake them up. I mean, God, never wake a sleeping kid, right? But you want them on the same schedule. Keep them hydrated even after. Again, skip the fruit juice, go for water or whatever you have. And just don't get overwhelmed by your little one they're in a new destination, you're in a new destination, chances are you don't have a ton of time there. And I remember last year, Rob, we were in Mykonos and we were on day five, I think. And we sat down and our first five days were torture because we've been doing this trip for over a decade and we would wake up, we'd have breakfast, we'd go to the beach, we'd have lunch, we'd sit down to a beautiful two-hour lunch and then we'd go hang at the beach. And that was all fine until Sophia was like, mobile. Do you remember that? Yeah, I do. Yeah. And so we were sitting at our table. I remember it like it was yesterday. We're sitting at the table at the hotel and we looked at each other and you looked like you had been electrocuted I 72 was. times. No, I was. <laughs> you were so, I mean, just distraught. Un, 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 unprepared for... Unresponsive. Yeah. Unprepared. And it had been a real struggle because now like we wanted to go and have this nice long lunch that Sophia used to sleep through. And now she's like, no, I want to play at the beach. And it just turned everything upside down. So what we learned was we had to be flexible and figure out what to do. And so again, Tony Robbins, you know, the ultimate success formula... It wasn't working. We had to change our approach. And so you it may take you a day or two to find the groove. And for us now, I know what the groove is. Instead of like hanging out all morning and just chilling, you know, whatever, and then having lunch at the hotel, now we take her swimming and we get that energy out first thing in the morning. So when we get to lunch, she's like ready to sit down and have a meal. And then when we go to the beach and we play hard with her, and then she'll probably take a nap on on, you know, the beach chair. So Work out the rhythm with your kid and don't just just realize they're in a different place too. And they're on vacation too. And they're trying to figure it out too. You know, I got uh, some advice from my uh, my friend, Darren. And he I, I asked him, I said, you, you think Sophia's going to remember any of this? He said, no, probably not. But she's going to remember it feels good. And I said, what do you mean? He said, she's going to just remember that these environments that you're putting her in are very comfortable for her and they feel good. And she's just not going to know why. And I don't know if that's going to resonate with you listening, but every single time I'm there with her in a particular environment that I'm, I'm inspired by, you know, I'm around people that inspire me. I'm around something visually that's stimulating to me. And I know that she's there experiencing it too. And I start to think, is she even going to remember this? I remember that she's going to feel comfortable in this environment. So let that one sit. That's a really, really good it one. It imprints on their soul. No, it she's not going to remember. Imprints on their soul. But it imprints on their soul and makes her a better human. The other thing I think is important is that it's their vacation too. So sometimes we want to make it about us as parents. Do you um, do that? Yeah, I do. <laughs> um, but it is their vacation too. So you want to carve out time that if it's, you know, if you go into a beach location that you take the time to build sandcastles, you know, but also it's your vacation. So at night, 
hire a babysitter. This weekend, we're headed to Barcelona and we've got babysitters that are set up so that, you know, we have a day with Sophia. And then at the end of the day, we're going to go out and, you know, uh, enjoy it. And there's going to be a babysitter and everything is going to be just And by fine. the way, she's going to be exhausted by 8 p.m. anyway. <laughs> so, so it's all good. All right. So here's what I would say. To wrap this all up, don't let the next, you know, if you if you have a baby that's, you know, one or two or whatever, don't let those 10 years go by and become the one, let's say you're in your 40s or your 30s, that, you know, when I'm in my 40s or 50s, that's when I'm going to travel. Don't let them pass. Take the time now because you can't get those 10 years back. I hope this was helpful. Remember, excuses are over. It's time to live. Have a great week, everybody. All right. Thanks for listening. If you love this episode and you know someone that needs some help in either stepping up their work hard game or their play hard game, it would mean the world to me if you shared this podcast with them to help me get this movement out there. So if you like what you heard, head on over to iTunes, take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review and I will be forever grateful. So until the next episode, excuses are over. It's time to live.